0: This uh, data, the new direction, what is this initiative all about? Because we hear so much about it. But what is it in your view?
1: Well, the aim is to reform UK data protection laws post Brexit. So the DCMS, the Department for Culture, Media and Sport, launched a consultation in September 2021 to try and seek views on proposals to that end. And in June 2022, the government issued its response to this consultation, taking into account um, what people had said as a result of the call for responses. And then in July, the government introduced the Data Protection and Digital Information Bill to make legislative changes to UK data protection law. So that's all in train, but it's slightly complicated in that it's not a consolidation. The bill is actually gonna make changes to the UK GDPR, the UK Data Protection Act 2018, uh, the Privacy and Electronic Communication Regulations, and a few other laws. So Hmm. it is a bit hard to sort of follow through all the changes. And in fact, um, the firm I'm at currently, Denton's, has produced keeling schedules, which show the tracked changes, what these amendments are to the GDPR, the UK GDPR, the Data Protection Act 2018, et cetera. So it's gonna be much easier to follow the proposed changes in context.
0: That's wonderful. But, and before we get into what these changes are and where it improves life of citizens, I'd like to understand why do we need it? I mean, we have had the UK GDPR, we had the Data Protection Act, we had the Freedom of Information Act and so on. So why do we need it? What's the objective behind this new uh, initiative?
1: Well, to summarize what Matt Warman, the Minister for Media Data and Digital Infrastructure said, the objective is to realise the opportunities of responsible data use while maintaining high data protection standards. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and if you look at the consultation from the government, five objectives are stated in there. And the first is reducing barriers to responsible innovation. The second is reducing burdens on businesses and delivering better outcomes for people. So reducing red tape box ticking, making data protection laws more practical. Mm-hmm. The third is boosting trade and reducing barriers to data flows. The fourth is delivering better public services. And the fifth is reforming the information commissioner's office and modernizing that. So quite a lot of um, objectives behind this.
0: Indeed. And I think the bar is being set very high. And we do need to make data protection easy and business friendly. There's no doubt. And with the technology coming in, we also need to accommodate. So
1: absolutely. uh,
0: uh, Can you help us understand what exactly is changing? What is new or different? Because we also have sometimes some perceptions, some rumours, but factually, what exactly is changing?
1: Um, by way of overview, generally, this bill is trying to clarify and simplify UK data protection law, as you know. For example, Mm -hmm. moving some of the GDPR recitals to the main body of the legislation, it's actually less far-reaching than the consultation proposals. And even the consultation response, um, because interestingly, the government, the, the consultation response in June, has pulled back from the proposals that were made in the original consultation in 2021 and even the bill as introduced in July actually differs in some respects from the June response so it's actually been evolving quite quickly Um, just to mention some changes in the process for example the original proposals wanted to exempt reverse transfers from the transfers restriction so where data originates from elsewhere comes to the UK you can send it back without any issue but that, that's no longer the case. So that's been excluded. Uh, and as another example, um, both the consultation and the response said that organizations must have a privacy management program. Yeah. That's not in the bill. Oh. So, oh, but that's not in the GDPR either, interestingly. So that's true. You know, so, so there have been some changes, even you know, from each stage to each stage to each stage, there have been changes. Um, And another example, a final example, um, before I move on to the substantive changes, um, the UK exemption for processing special category data and criminal offence related data uh, for equality of opportunity and treatment, that was going to be expanded to allow bias monitoring detection and correction in AI systems, which is obviously a very good aim, but that's not in the bill. It was in the response but it's not in the bill and it could be that the government wants to align any ai related proposals with the white paper on ai which is due out sometime this year but it's not published yet but in terms of what's in the bill um what we do know from what has been published um there are quite a few key areas the definition of personal data Mm -hmm. a new lawful basis for processing personal data based on legitimate interests, purpose limitation changes, changes on automated decision making, accountability related areas like the data protection officer, data subject rights, transfers, scientific research Changes to try and promote and and make scientific research easier. And incidentally, there's no more requirement for appointing a UK representative. So I don't know which of these changes you would like to discuss in more detail.
0: (laughs) We can discuss all of them, but uh, broadly speaking, are there any areas where it's making it tougher than GDPR? Because I know when we talk about making it practical, people consider that it's a little bit Uh, relaxation or flexibility, while in the end, what we are saying is, you are accountable, do your stuff. And we don't need to be consulted on each and every point. But is there anything specifically on which it's making it a little bit challenging or more tougher than the GDPR? A couple of possibilities, uh, automated decision-making,
1: as you know, um, and and I know that a client I worked with, um, a a great client I worked with, um, calls Article 22 the automated decision-making provision, the worst drafted provision of GDPR, toughest to understand. So the bill tries to clarify the uh, automated decision-making provisions, um, for example, by saying it only applies to special category data, but it also says that profiling is treated as decision-making. Now, um, there's a lot of argument back and forth about the extent to which profiling is restricted by the ADM restriction. A lot of people would say profiling is ADM only if it leads to a significant decision or automated decision-making. Profiling in itself is not restricted except by the normal rules about, you know, having a legal basis, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, it seems from the bill that actually profiling is going to be treated as automated decision-making. So that's going a little bit further, I think, than the way that a lot of people have interpreted the ADM provision.
0: I think that makes sense, probably, because if, well, I mean, profiling these days is based on automated decision-making. If you combine it, you simplify it well, for no, the... Um,
1: It's the other way around. I mean, in the sense, you can profile, But if you don't actually do anything with the profile, that shouldn't be treated as automated decision making. If you profile people and that results in that feeds results in automated decisions, then, yes, it should be treated as automated decision making. But profiling per se should not be treated as automated decision making. But that seems to be what the um, uh, what the bill is saying. So that's quite an interesting change, um, which will make it a bit tougher for organizations.
0: It is in, indeed interesting because help me understand a bit. So if I'm a bank or an insurer or a telco and I'm profiling my clients to make categories of customers so that I can offer them better service or premium service or that. So I'm not making any decisions per se. So that's going to be allowed. Well.
1: Arguably, that is allowed under the current GDPR without being treated as automated decision making. However, under the bill, the current wording of the bill, it sounds like that's going to be treated as automated decision making, even though um, that, to me, that that shouldn't be the case, because if you're not making any decisions, then um, it shouldn't be treated as automated decision making. But that seems to be the way that the bill's drafting it.
0: Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www. FitforPrivacy.com. That's www.fit, the number four, privacy.com.